what is up, Sheepdog Nation. I wanted to come. I usually don't do this. I usually don't make a, another uh, introduction. But for this guest that we have on today, it is definitely needed. Uh, you're going to be getting to listen to a sheriff and about so many things. And while I, I respected uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb prior to our conversation, after talking with him, I felt so lit up. I felt like, yes, we need more leaders like him. He's he's a progressive leader. He is very big on taking care of his people. He's huge about, you know, letting the, you know, the the media and the community see what's going on inside of his jails, and he allows his uh, sheriff's department to be on live PD. He actually was uh, an entrepreneur <laughs> prior to being a cop, which I love. And talking to him about his leadership philosophies made my day. So I know that you guys are going to be just as excited to listen to him as I am. I also have a couple of announcements I wanted to make. First announcement, Sheriff Mark uh, Lamb is going to be he 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 agreed to be coming back on to the show as kind of like a fixed figure, meaning he's going to be able to pop onto the show once or twice a month to just be able to talk with me about whatever's going on, whatever's in the news, whatever you guys send into me and are like, I want to know what Sheriff Mark has to say about blah blah blah, just to have a perspective um, from you know a department head, so that you know we can continuously try to. Thick in the blue line. Let's hear what the patrol officers have to say. Let's hear what a you know a department head has to say. It's it's going to be awesome. The second announcement is this: the Sheepdog Family Group that's open. We have our first call together on Sunday. If you are if you are like okay, what is that? Then you need to click the link in my bio. It is a revolutionary. It's a leadership group. It's a group to thicken the blue line. It's. Uh, it's a private Leo only group completely off all social media and you need to check it out because at the end of the day, let's be honest, I want to help you out before you get stuck in a rut. I want to help you out while you're trying to progress through your agency, while you're trying to get, uh, you know, you're trying to get places you're fresh or maybe you're not fresh and you're like, I definitely need to gain some perspective. I need something to, you know, kind of waken me up. This is the group. Okay. Without further ado. Click the link in my bio. Further information of that. Everything that you want to be, you want to know about Sheriff Mark to go contact with him. It's going to be in the show notes. And enjoy. Welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast, the only place on the internet where law enforcement and their families can come to be understood, supported, and stood up for. Here's your host, the always entertaining, down to earth, yet in your face truth speaker, and Leo herself, Autumn Schmidt. What is up, Sheepdog Nation? Welcome to another podcast of Sheepdog Nation with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. I'm really excited to have you here as always. We have a very cool uh, interview. We are actually chatting to a sheriff. Um, his name is Sheriff Lamb. He is uh, the American Sheriff on Instagram. And um, and he is he's really cool. He's down in uh, Arizona. You're going to get to listen to his southern accent. Uh, we were just discussing prior to me pressing record um, how cold it is in Maine compared to um, his winters down in Arizona and <laughs> what he thinks is cold. So I'm, I'm really excited to chat with him and introduce him to you. Good morning, Sheriff. How are you? Good morning, Autumn. I'm doing great. How are you? 
I am good. I'm excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, that's a tough question all the time because, but I'm a, I'm not an Arizona native. My dad's an Arizona native. I actually was born and raised in Hawaii. Oh my God. Um, I grew up in different places, Panama, Philippines, Argentina. Uh, but I consider myself an Arizonan. Went to high school here and uh, got into law enforcement actually late in life. I didn't ever even think about being a cop um, until I was 34. I went on a ride along and I was hooked. Wow. Where'd you go on a ride along? So we have uh, Indian reservations out here and uh, one of the Indian reservations right next to Mesa and Tempe or Mesa and Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a ride along there and we had a hell of a time that night. We looked for a guy that was running from us and I found him in an abandoned trailer and I'm just a ride along and I'm, I came home that morning and told my wife, I said, I'm going to be a cop. This was fun. I like this. Yeah. And what was her reaction? She's very supportive. My wife is awesome. And so she just was like, okay, let's do it. You know, we had five kids. I was self-employed. So honestly, the idea of insurance and a steady paycheck, um, even though you might make less, it's, it's a steady paycheck. That was obviously something that, that she liked. Yeah, absolutely. No, do you mind me asking what you used to do as far as being self-employed? I've, you know, I've always been in like a sales and marketing, but I've had uh, landscape companies, mm-hmm. pest control companies. I considered myself a, a sales and marketing guy. So it, it, anytime you're in sales and marketing, you have to be able to flow with whatever product is uh, marketable. You know, and, and it's, it's funny because I got to tell you that I, I really, truly believe that cops make some of the best entrepreneurs and vice versa. <laughs> you know, we do. To, yeah, we have to deal with some of the same stuff. So that's awesome. So, And so, we, we're salesmen too in police work. You know, you're constantly, you're selling tickets, you're selling uh, you know, people into handcuffs. Um, you know, there's just, those, those skills became very handy when I got into police work. Absolutely. Now, how do, can you tell me how you worked your way up to becoming the sheriff? <laughs> I just decided one day I wanted to be the sheriff. <laughs> and uh, I decided it was in 2011. I was on the gang and drug unit out of Salt River, and I had a great job. It was a great position. And I just decided that day I wanted to run for sheriff. And so I took a huge pay cut to come out to the county where I'm the sheriff at now. Mm-hmm. I worked out here for a couple of years and then I left so that I could run for sheriff. So it was just something that I knew I wanted to do more and I'm constantly pushing myself to be the best me. I don't really compete with others. I do want to work harder than you, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just want to be the best me. I don't really aspire to be anybody else mm-hmm. other than just be the best me I can be. That's great. That's a really good mindset. And so what's it like being a sheriff? You know, I love it. I love it. It's great. You know, how many times as an officer have you said, man, if I was in charge, I would do this or this. And, Mm -hmm. and it kind of took us a little bit because my, I, my chief deputy was a Lieutenant and Mm -hmm. my chief over the law enforcement was a Sergeant. Those are the guys that I promoted into. and, And I actually promoted two sergeants into chief positions. One wasn't from the agency. And, um, 
and then I promoted a lieutenant into the chief deputy position. And so we all had a, a police, a cop mindset. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of weird to show up and it took us months where we're like, wait a second, we're in charge. So if we want to make that decision, we can, we can just do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that part was a little weird, but it's good because you can, you can run the agency how you see fit. There's negatives to it, but uh, I'm not a real negative guy. I, I think everything's a positive. So even the things that people would view as being hard or the bad parts of the job, I, I just see them as just challenges that make you better. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And now do you, are you in charge of a jail down there as well? Yeah, so we have uh, we have 220 sworn deputies. Wow. We have um, we have 180 sworn uh, or 80 detention officers. They're not sworn. I have 500 employees total, wow. and with or a little over 500. And with volunteers, I have close to 700 people that I'm responsible wow. for. We have a 1,500 bed jail, and we are a 287G jail, which means that we actually work with ICE. Yeah. So. Wow. That's a lot of people. So how do you, how do you keep that straight? You must just have like really good supervisors under you. (laughs) You know, you really do. You have to rely on the people that you have underneath you. And uh, I have a really good uh, chief deputy. I have really good chiefs and we have great captains and lieutenants. They all do a great job to where it allows me to continue to go out and be in the community and I can get out on the road and work with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't get bogged down with all the minutia of, of administrative stuff. My guys are really good about handling that stuff. So Sheriff, you kind of touched on something that I'd like to ask you is um, especially being in, you know, such a leadership position. What, what can you tell me like your leadership philosophy or like what you believe is the best way to lead? You know, I believe you lead from the front and you lead by example. And I, I have to be willing to do whatever I'm asking my guys to do. And I try to, uh, we try to treat this like a family. I mean, you know, I, there's times where I have to discipline my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where I make mistakes and I get chastised, you know, by my people. They tell me, hey, Sheriff, that was, you know, we're, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only way to lead in my opinion you uh you lead from the front and mm-hmm. that's what we try to do here at the sheriff's office and we try to have the, the the troop mindset where we're constantly i have four things that every decision we make we look at these things we look at these things what's best for the employee what's best for the agency what's best for the county and what's best for the taxpayer mm-hmm. and they don't go in that order necessarily but those are the four things that we weigh out on every decision we make. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. And so what, what, what do you look for in a good patrol deputy? So if like somebody was listening to this, they were thinking, okay, I want to go work for him or I want to go be, you know, a cop. What, what do you look for as a sheriff? I want people that see the humanity of the job. You know, this, we're in a day and age where it's, it's changing. It's, you have to be able to walk into a situation and, and, and you have to be able to understand not just what happened, what crime has occurred, but I want them to look into what, 
what precipitated that crime? What else are you going through in your life to be able to put you in this situation? Um, don't get me wrong. I'm tough on crime. I know it, I'm as conservative as they come, but at the same time, everybody we deal with is a, is a person. Mm-hmm. There's very few hardcore criminals out there, the, the bad, bad guys. Most mm-hmm. people are, are just normal people that are making mistakes, that are going through tough times in their life. They're making stupid decisions. And now they're, they find themselves dealing with us. Um, but the biggest thing I look for is hard work. You can, you know, there's guys that could be great cops. They just don't work hard. And mm-hmm. hard work is truly what I admire the most. Okay. So would you define what in a police officer, what's a, what's a hard work? Like what's hard work? What would you say? I want, I want guys that show up that don't run from calls. Like you can see the guys, we're not stupid. We can see which guys are, are out on their calls and, and they're backing guys up and they show up on scene. And they're like, Hey man, what do you, what can I do? What can I do to help? Um, and they're, they're trying to, to perfect their craft. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we're in a job where the harder you work, you know, going out, find trainings that are going to make you better, just perfect your craft. Um, I, like I said in the beginning, I'm a believer in trying to be the best you, you can be. And if you're a patrol deputy and then you like DUIs, then go out and find trainings and go get DUIs and work DUI details and do those things and become, become great at what you want, perfect mm-hmm. your craft. And you know, that's the people that you want to promote because those are the people that are going to, when you become a Lieutenant, they're going to perfect their craft as a Lieutenant. Or when they become a captain, they're going to perfect their craft as a captain. Mm. That's really good. That's such a good point. And so now let me ask you this. You kind of said it, but I just want to see, do you, would you encourage a new officer to kind of not brand new officer, but you know, a couple of years on, would you encourage them to like niche down as far as like what it is that they want to do? And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I, I agree. Yes, I, I, yes, you should. So when I got into law enforcement, I thought I want to be a range deputy. I want to go out and the re- the reservation I worked at was right next to Mesa and Tempe, but it also had some rural area to it where it had, um, excuse me, Mesa and Scottsdale, but it had a rural area where there was wild horses and all that. And I thought, you know, I want to be a range deputy. Well, I got on there and started working and I realized real quick that I was passionate about gangs and drugs Mm -hmm. and I started working hard. I worked any extra shifts I could get on there. Um, When there was a, when they were out looking for somebody or I had seen that uh, the day shift had had a crime occur um, and they were still out looking for somebody, I would try to go find those guys. And I think that you've got to find what you're passionate about. And once you do become great at it, um, it's good to be well-rounded and you should always look at ways you can better your skills on a, on a ra- well-rounded um, perspective, but you should also find what you are passionate about and go after it. Now you're not going to know that when you're going through the process of becoming a police officer, but a year or two into being a police officer, you should start to have a good idea of what you like and what you're passionate about. Mm. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And would you, and just to reiterate, and you, would you say that that would make you like 
depending on like how much effort and how well-rounded of an officer you are, but on top of being niched down and having a specialty, something that you're very highly trained in, which clearly shows, like you said, you're motivated. And would you agree that that would help you um, get promoted or at least be looked at for promotions? Yes, absolutely. I mean, look, we as, re- we as leaders, we see those people. We see the guys that are trying to be really good at what they do. And those are the people we're looking for to promote. Now, when I came in, our agency was kind of a good old boy thing, had a little bit of, and so a lot of them tr- didn't trust the process. Mm-hmm. So I actually changed it, and I'm not sure that I actually uh, love it, mm-hmm. but I changed it to where we go off of the highest score. So if you test and you're the sergeant with the highest score, we make the list at the very end, and you know where you're at on that list. And you know when you're going to get promoted. If a spot opens up, then then you'll get promoted. So that's not necessarily the way I would have liked to have done it, but it was what was needed. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing as a leader, you've got to realize you've got to be flexible because there's things that you want to do, mm-hmm. but there's also things that are best practices. What's best for the agency? What's best for the employees? And they don't always line up. So mm-hmm. you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to to make some sacrifices here and there for the betterment of the agency. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I really like that. And I, and I appreciate you saying that and, you know, and whether you like that system or not, I mean, it honestly kind of sounds like it takes out, it like removes a lot of like the personal, you know, biases that could come in, which is definitely, you know, a really good thing in police work. <laughs> so, you know, it, it does, it, it does remove those personal biases. And the other thing that it does is, it allows you to, you still have a year of, of, they are on a probation for a year here. Mm -hmm. So you have a year to evaluate those leaders to see if they're going to make it or not. And Mm -hmm. we have some guys that just because I may not see to think they're the best, they might fit. They have a, every guy has a really good fit somewhere Mm -hmm. and you've got to find what they fit, where they fit in. Well, Mm -hmm. Um, you can't always put them there, but, uh, that's a, another part of leadership is recognizing the talent and being able to put those people in the areas where they're going to best serve themselves and the agency. And sometimes they don't realize it or know it, but once you put them in that position, then they start to see, Oh, you know what? I'm good at this. Mm. And even though I didn't want to be here, I'm good at it. Yep. Absolutely. And so what, would you say like so what what do you see and your employees at every level how would you say that um you know you've seen like how, how do you see stress affecting them do you see stress affecting them do you help with that do you have any systems anything like that we do actually um i'm when i came in and i think everybody sees it we're starting to see a lot more mental health issues not just in, in law enforcement in general, in the population, mm-hmm. but we're not immune from that. We see things, just for example, we had 29 people, pass, you know, 29 deaths in our county last, last month in January. Now, mm-hmm. 21 were natural causes. We didn't have any homicides, but you have car accidents. Well, those are, your guys are responding to those nonstop, you know, and, right. and that takes its toll on it. You see things that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. And so what we've done is we've put in a, a huge peer support. We have brought in and trained a lot of our, 
our employees, not just uh, deputies, but detention officers and civilian employees on peer support. And what we're trying to do is take away that stigma. For so long as a cop, if you went and asked for help for any mental health issues, you just got blackballed and you had this, everybody looked at you like a pariah. And we've had to, we're changing that. We're saying it's okay to come in and ask for help. We understand how, how taxing the job can be. So we've created this huge peer support. And then some of our more um, delicate positions like sex crimes or children's crimes, mm-hmm. we actually will make them see a psychiatrist every six months to evaluate how they're doing um, just to make sure that the, the job is not taking too great a toll on them. Mm, that's powerful. So, so you definitely are, you know, standing behind your uh, deputies and, and with the mental health. So I, I'm really, I really love that you see it, I think, and that you're actually doing something about it. I mean, as you know, you know, last year we lost uh, at least 158 or 159 officers uh, to just suicide. You know, so is definitely a it's definitely a real thing, and um, I think that you know, and I'd love to hear what your opinion is. Is across the nation, do you think that we could be doing more to support our officers that way? Yeah, we could, and um, you know, honestly, that's why I've. It's a, it would be really easy for me to not do some of the national stuff that I've done. It would be really easy for me to save a couple hours a day, not do as much social media as I do, mm-hmm. but I do it because. I want to, I want people to be exposed to the good things that law enforcement are doing. Mm. And I, I think that in our society is turned on law enforcement in general. And they, I think that's why a lot of our, our guys are committing suicide. You know, we still have family problems. We still have bill, pro, bill problems with bills. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go out and do the job. And then sometimes you get in trouble at work and, and we're, these guys are just, it's hard on them. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that I can change, if I can change even at least a few people's perception of what we are as law enforcement mm-hmm. um, and how we're just regular people out trying to protect our communities, then, then that'll have been a sick, my, those two hours or three hours a day extra that I have to do for social media and for all these other things will be worth it because we'll have changed the perception of how people view our profession. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I wanted to touch upon because it's how I found you was your social media. And, you know, I don't see very many, um, you know, police chiefs and sheriffs um, and colonels that have um, such a presence on social media as you do. And can you tell me a little bit like how you got into that? Well, it's the marketing. (laughs) Honestly, it's the marketing, (laughs) but um, you know, I, I realized where much is given, much is required. I feel very blessed and I feel like I started to see that there was an opportunity, like I said, to change how people viewed our profession. Mm. And especially out here in Arizona and especially as a sheriff, you know, the sheriff is, is a long-standing position in this country that we're, is a unique thing to America. And, and we have this I saw an opportunity to really showcase what we as sheriffs do. Mm -hmm. And then we're also politicians, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the part we don't like about the job, but the fact of the matter is we're politicians. So we also have an opportunity to talk about issues that are facing our country. For example, border security. You know, I've, 
you'll see me do a lot of border security stuff and I don't get political about it. And, I, and what, what I mean by that is I don't say it's one side or the other. I try to, to talk about border security as Americans, how we should view it as Americans. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I've, I saw the opportunity to be able to talk about a lot of issues and I didn't shy away from it. There's a lot of great sheriffs out there and there's a lot of guys doing the same thing. And there's also a lot of sheriffs that aren't doing it, mm-hmm. that don't want, they just want to keep it, you know, controlled and, and not put themselves out there. Well, no risk, no reward is my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And because you do that too, and I, you kind of touched upon it, but I really feel like you help other law enforcement officers and, and, you know, it's this, it's kind of this thing is like, yes, you are a sheriff, but you're also before that you're a cop, you know, and which at some point puts us all in the same playing field. And so I think that, that, I think that's so humbling to see, you know, that you're out there and, you know, you're just a real person showing real life things about the job. So um, I love that you do that. And I appreciate that. But I also think that a lot of other cops super appreciate it too. Um, Thank you. And, and, you know, and you're putting yourself out there. Like I, we did live PD and, and I'm, when I'm on there, I'm putting my skill set out there and, you know, cops were the worst. They're like, Oh, look at him. He's showing, he's mm-hmm. turning his gun towards the guy and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you know, you're putting yourself out there, but I don't care. Frankly, like I always, like, I'm not, I'm going to go out and be me. And the one thing that I do when in my job is I'm a huge believer that calmness is power. You don't have to be a badge heavy cop. When I show up on scene, the way you carry yourself sets the, sets the uh, tone right away. Mm-hmm. So when I show up on scene, I don't have to really yell at people and I don't got to talk tough to them. They know who's in charge just by the way I carry myself onto that scene and the way I'm talking to them and the calmness regulates that. And so I'm the huge believer that if more cops were to show up and be calm on scene, but carry themselves, fill that adage, walk, walk softly and carry a big stick. Mm. And I hope I don't offend any of the viewer, the listeners. If they're cops, they won't be offended. Look, I'll be the first to put dick in dirt, mm-hmm. but I also am the first to treat people with dignity and respect. And I let them dictate to a certain point where they, I'm going to give them some latitude to, to di- dictate how that call is going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there and I'm going to treat you with respect. But if you let, if you start taking it the other way, then I can certainly go the other way as well. Yep. And I fully agree. And that's, you know, it's something that we talk a lot about on here and that is, you know, command presence, officers command presence and how that really, you know, minimizes a lot of problems. And um, we we talk a lot on here about um, like the value and the importance of learning how to defend yourself, training jujitsu, boxing, Krav Maga, whatever you want to. What's your opinion on that, Sheriff? I love it. I'm a huge MMA fan. I'm a huge UFC fan. Um, my schedule's been a little busy, so I haven't been training as much as I would like. But I'm, look, here's my, I went through SWAT school and they told me something and it's always stuck to me. And I tell youth this, I, if I give a talk in church, I talk about it. That old adage of you will rise to the occasion is bullcrap. You mm-hmm. won't rise to the occasion. You will only rise to the highest level of your training. And I see video after video of police officers 
and and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying I've seen video after video where they have failed to train themselves. They're mm-hmm. not physically fit. They um, they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to protect themselves. And I see all too often guys reaching for tools on their belt, which is great. But there's sometimes where you just got to go hands on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that the reason they don't is because they're not confident in their skill set. They're not confident in their ability to protect themselves. And so they look for other tools to do that with. You have to protect yourself. You have to train. The bad guys training, the, the, if you're out fighting gangbangers, those gangbangers, half of them are coming out of prison. They're yoked. They're strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting in fights. So you better be doing the same thing or else, you know, you could be the victim of, of uh, somebody tougher and stronger than you. They're always out there. You're going you're gonna to run into some dudes that are just, <laughs> they're hard to beat, but um, at the same time, if your skill set is up there, you're going to be put yourself in the best position to, to go home that night. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for sharing that. Now, just a kind of, because I know some people want to know, like, can you tell us a little bit about how, like, um, how'd you get on live PD and what was your experience with all of that? You know, they reached out to us when I first became sheriff, but we had, we had so many things we were, and I was brand new in the office. So we had a lot of things we were working on budget and all that stuff. And so we kind of pushed it aside. And then about six to eight months into it, my first term, we actually reached back out to them and we said, Hey, are are you still interested? And it escalated real quick. I mean, within a few weeks we were, they were here, we were, we were doing it. And, uh, it was an, it was a great experience for us. It's, it was really good for the County. Um, I think a lot of the people, the residents in our County took pride on seeing their own agency there. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of extra work for me. We don't get any, I don't make any extra money. Uh, mm-hmm. The agency doesn't make any extra money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of, we made it, a, we made it completely optional for our deputies. We said, look, if you don't want to be on it, you don't have to be on it. Um, and then we reached out to a few guys. We said, Hey, we think you'd be really good. Uh, McElwain, we reached McElwain was really good for live PD, the way he carries himself. He's only got three years on and, wow. uh, he did a great job. Wow. That's impressive. And so like, how can they go? Can they like Google like your episodes or like, how do they find your episodes? I don't know. You just have to watch. I think sometimes you can find some of the clips on, they did a top 40 and I think we were on the top 40 a few times. Um, okay. They always show the reruns. So if you watch live PD, you'll see the reruns. We've okay. been gone now for about five months, six months. Okay. So we did uh, we did another project at the same time we were doing 60 days in, they approached us and that's where we take re- regular people and we put them in our jail, like undercovers mm. and and uh, that's actually airing on A&E right now. It's halfway through the season. I think they aired the fifth episode last night. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like so how long do these people, like, stay in there for? 60 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. They're crazy. Uh, but it, it was good because what we did is we were able to get an inside, in-depth look at our facility mm-hmm. without pay, with a zero cost to the taxpayer. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I just couldn't imagine wanting to go 
be there for 60 days. <laughs> no, no. One of them was a cop. One of them was a cop out of Ohio. No and shit. he's still a cop. He came in and did it, and uh, he did very well. Um, it was great. I mean, the, the information we got was super valuable. It was, it was a good experience. It was a lot of work. And it's now it's a lot of work again because now I got to deal with Twitter and social, all the social media work that comes with it. But yeah, yeah it's been, it was a good uh, program. Yeah, no, that sounds it. That's awesome. And so, Sheriff, just to kind of wrap up, do you have, what would you give, what, what's your advice for like a rookie officer? What, what would you tell a rookie officer um, in order for them to have a good career? What would be advice from the sheriff? My, my advice would be um, know who you are and what your skills are and be comfortable and confident in those skills and work hard and uh, have an anchor. Uh, that's the biggest thing that I tell all young people, people coming into this job, young officers. If you want to succeed in this profession, you have to have an anchor. For me, my anchors are my family and my, my faith, my religion. Mm. And you have to have something, whatever it is. If you don't, those are the, those are the guys and the, the girls that are going to suffer. They're going to struggle because there's nothing, there's nothing anchoring them. So when they leave work, they're bringing that home or they're, they're taking it with them and it takes its toll on you. So you got to have an anchor in your life. Um, religion is a great anchor. And you've got to uh, just be confident. Go out and do your job. Don't be scared. It, yeah. Look, we all die. We all die. You can sit on the couch and die eating a bag of chips. Mm -hmm. But there is, nothing, there is nothing more glorious than a warrior's death. So when you put on that uniform and that gun belt, you should only, and this sounds terrible, but you should only be so lucky should you die in the line of duty. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad thing that we have to face that reality. But the fact of the matter is we're warriors and we're all going to die at some point. And if you take that out, that mindset into your job and you're not scared, um, you, look, you want to be cautious. You, there are times where fear helps you, but fear also can hurt you if you're not, if you're too scared. So just go out and enjoy the job, enjoy life, come home and enjoy your family. Um, be a person who loves life and, and be positive. Mm, yeah, great advice. And Sheriff, what do you, so on your Instagram profile, there's a link in there and, and um, I, what is it? Like, what do you do? What are you a part of? Or is it your foundation or what is that? So like I said earlier, where much is given, much is required. My family and I, we feel very blessed to be able to serve in this position. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted to do something when I became sheriff. And it took me about a year to find the right uh, foundation. So I started, I couldn't believe it was available, americansheriff.com and americansheriff.org. And uh, so I started a foundation and I that our our mission is to bridge the gap between communities and law enforcement. So we go out and we do service projects. You know, for example, we had a, a guy on Life PD whose house burnt down um, and he lost everything. We went out and we found him a new trailer. He lived in a trailer. 
we went out and found him a new trailer to live in. We found, um, we found, uh, we go went and bought him clothes. We just had a scholarship dinner with one of the local junior colleges where we are, we raised well over $20,000 for scholarships for these kids. Wow. So I just, sometimes, you know, you just need to give back and, on those days where you're a little frustrated with things at work or the politics, I can go out and do service and forget about all that stuff and, and remember what's important. Yeah, that's awesome. And is there anything that you would like to leave Sheepdog Nation with? Anything that you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Thank you to all, anybody that's in law enforcement, thank you for what you're doing. This is, uh, unfortunately, we don't always get here at enough. Um, how much we're appreciated and what we're doing and thank you to all those that are doing it and putting on the uniform every day and thank you to those who support those who are out there doing it every day um, it's truly a calling and and it's a it's a blessing that we have people that go out and do that and they take time away from their family and so thank you to everybody those who do it and those who support us well said, Sheriff. Thank you so much for um, spending a little bit of time with us um, on your very busy morning. Can you tell everybody how they can come and hang out with you or where to find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at American Sheriff. And then my Instagram for my foundation is American Sheriff Foundation. And then uh, website for the foundation is americansheriff.org. And uh, hopefully, eventually, I'll take this nationwide and get a lot more law enforcement people involved in American Sheriff mm -hmm. and uh, on Twitter, Sheriff Lamb one and on Facebook, Sheriff Lamb. Awesome. And we'll be putting, we're going to be putting some of your handles down in, in the show notes. So Sheepdog Nation, you can just go click there and follow the sheriff as well. Well, thank you so much, Sheriff Lamb, for being here with us and Sheepdog Nation. I will see you next time. And that was another episode of Sheepdog Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by Autumn in the podcast, submit it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe and watch your sixth.